Ah, Kelly Clarkson, welcome back to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, uh, the podcast that we're still not sure how to say the name of, uh, you know, who am I to dictate how to pronounce the name of the podcast that I invented for all you kind folks. I hope everyone is enjoying quarantine right now. Uh, obviously, things are still pretty bleak at the moment. Uh, I know in Massachusetts today, we actually got the news that supposed to extend this whole stay-at-home thing until May 4th. Uh, so, you know what? Looks like we're in this sort of long haul. All the more reason to like and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Follow us on social media at Quarantinema Pod. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, the 40 year old virgin today. Uh, it's going to be a cool episode. We're actually not so much going to talk about the movie itself, but rather what the movie did. Uh, this really was a landmark movie back when it came out in 2005, and I want to talk about uh, a little bit about the American Comedy Skate before it came out and uh, what happened afterwards. We're going to have some fun. It's a very funny movie. Uh, let's get into the movie. Uh, so The 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, it's a classic comedy. Everybody's know, Everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. Uh, direct, written and directed by Judd Apatow, uh, his first feature. Uh, he also co-wrote it with Steve Carell, who was the star. Uh, and at the time, this was kind of his breakout movie. He had been around uh, for a little bit before that. He had been in uh, Bruce Almighty, The Daily Show, The Office had just come out. Uh, he was an anchorman uh, as Brooke Tamlin a couple of years before, also a Judd Apatow produced movie. I will get into all that in a little bit here. Upon rewatching this movie, it's still funny. I don't think the movie is translated uh, very well uh, into our PC world of 2020 over the last 15 years. No chance in hell a movie like this could ever get made today. Between the sense of humor and, you know, all the derogatory stuff about women, and it's just one of those movies that, uh, at the time, when it came out, it was funny, it was great, everybody loved it, but there's no way that it could ever come out today uh, without uh, kicking up some kind of fuss. Watching this movie, which one of the cool things about it is just kind of seeing how stacked this cast really, really was, and kind of seeing where everyone... Uh, like how everyone has fared since. Like, listen to this cast. You got Steve Carell, Catherine Keener, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, uh, Romani Malko, Elizabeth Banks, Leslie Mann, Jane Lynch, Kat Dennings, Jonah Hill, Mindy Kaling, Kevin Hart, Nancy Carell. Just a stacked lineup of comedy all stars. So many future A listers in this movie that weren't that at the time. It was. It's really cool how that uh, kind of like look at that list I just I just ran off to you. The only person who hasn't had some kind of starring role since really is probably Romani Malco, I guess, maybe Nancy Carell, but I mean, everyone else, they're, they've either, you know, leading men and women in their respective movies, some of them have moved into the into dramas, uh, some of them are actually into writing and directing now, like Elizabeth Banks, some of them have their own TV shows. Kat Dennings had girl, uh, not girls, two broke girls uh, for a little bit. Mindy Kaling had the Mindy Project. Kevin Hart, you know, became one of the, the biggest name in comedy and is probably one of the biggest uh, box office stars in comedy today. And everyone seemed to, this movie, use this uh, movie as a launching pad. Not to say that, you know, no one had ever heard of anyone in this movie before that, but uh, it was a giant sensation and... One of the things that happened after this movie was that this whole Judd Apatow band kind of stuck together and made made a lot of movies together. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about 
before and after uh, this movie uh, and when it came out and where comedy was uh, in America at that point. So this movie it came out in 2005 and uh, it's obviously it's a raunchy R-rated movie written and directed by Jed Apatow. Jed Apatow had been around for a long time uh, before this. He was a very accomplished writer um, in both TV and film. Uh, just looking at some of his credits leading up to this, uh, dating back into the mid-90s, you had Heavyweights, an absolute classic, uh, which is available on Disney Plus now. Uh, you had Heavyweights, The Ben Stiller Show, The Cable Guy, The Larry Sanders Show, Freaks and Geeks, Undeclared, Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, just lots of funny movies, lots of mainstream appeal on there, worked with a lot of different people. He kind of took that Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared family and kind of made his uh, little coaching tree, so to speak. Uh, everyone, you know, or the Judd Apatow tree, if you will. You're Seth Rogen to the world, James Franco's, Jason Siegel's, uh, and Freaks and Geeks, you know, it had so many more people on that. It had uh, my boy Ben McKenzie uh, on a couple episodes, Linda Cardellini, uh, Busy Phillips. Across the board, uh, great, great performances. Martin Starr. Uh, oh, man, he's so, he's so fucking good in that show, uh, even as a little kid. It's obvious that Judd Apatow was a very big name in comedy before this movie came out. But uh, that was pre-2005. Like, just listen to this insane list of movies that came out in the five years after uh, Knocked Up that Judd Apatow had a role in producing, writing, or directing. So after 40-Year-Old Virgin, you had Knocked Up, Superbad, Walk Hard, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Step Brothers, Pineapple Express, Funny People, Get Into the Greek, Bridesmaids. That was all from 2007 to 2011. A five-year stretch with just, that's like, that's ten classic movies. I love all ten of those movies. They're hysterical. They all were box office successes. And some of, Bridesmaids was nominated for Oscars. <laughs> like, how, how absolutely fucking insane is that? And some of those he wrote and directed, like Knocked Up and Funny People, um, in all those movies, you see people who their roots go back to this Judd Apatow tree, so to speak. You know, Knocked Up, obviously, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, Jason Siegel, Jonah Hill, Superbad. Seth Rogen wrote and directed it. Uh, Jason Siegel, uh, not Jason Siegel, Jonah Hill uh, is in that movie. Fat Jonah Hill, my favorite kind of Jonah Hill. Uh, Walk Hard, everyone in comedy is in that movie. Paul Rudd plays one of the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> forgetting Sarah Marshall. Top five funniest movie of all time, uh, in my opinion. Obviously, Jason Siegel's he was doing How I Met Your Mother and stuff like that. Uh, but this was kind of his project. You know, he wrote it. He started it. It's I, I, Every single time I watch that movie, I laugh just as hard as the first time I watched it. Uh, then you had Step Brothers. Uh, not so much, uh, you know, this group of guys uh, were in that movie. But, you know, Seth Rogen makes an appearance. Pineapple Express, another Seth Rogen movie. James Franco, that, that Freaks and Geeks reunion. He's also bringing in Danny McBride for movies like that. Craig Robinson as well. Funny People, another one he wrote and directed. Probably got one of Adam Sandler's best performances. Uh, and that was kind of, that was a movie. Adam Sandler does this thing every couple of years where he just plays in a drama. He does average to above average with the role and people are like oh adam sandler can act who knew <laughs> um obviously uncut gems this past year was absolutely incredible not only should he have been nominated he probably should have won uh if, if you're asking me but but you're not i'm telling you 
But yeah, Adam Sandler's great and funny people. But he had, again, the whole coaching tree uh, is in that movie. Jonah Hill, you know, all these guys. Uh, Get him to the Greek, very underrated movie. Uh, another Jonah Hill uh, classic. Russell Brand was in there from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, and Bridesmaids, obviously, you had Kristen Wiig and uh, Melissa McCarthy and all the amazing things that they were able to do. Um, but just that stacked cast of that five-year span after 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, there's a clear shift in how studios were releasing movies. R-rated movies were, were popular again. Uh, and it's not to say that R-rated movies were never funny before. Obviously, there's... Look back 20, 30 years. You had Animal House. You had uh, Caddyshack. You have... I mean, just the entire... The 80s is filled with them. The like, R-rated comedies... It's not like they just... Like, 40-Year-Old Virgin was, like, the first R-rated comedy of all time. It wasn't even the first R-rated comedy to be successful in this era. Look back just a couple of years before. You had the American Pie franchise. Uh, Wedding Crashers came out the same year as 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, and speaking of Wedding Crashers, look at who all the big studios were making movies with. It was kind of that frat pack uh, group of actors. You had the, it was Will Ferrell, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, Jack Black, uh, Luke Wilson. Uh, and they were all kind of in their movies, in one another's movies together, uh, whether that was in starring roles or in cameo roles. When I think of that group, I think of, I mean, they're all in Anchorman, <laughs> which is, you know, a landmark comedy in its own. Uh, but then you also had, look, like, look at a movie like Starsky and Hutch. You know, it's an Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller movie. But then you had Vince Vaughn playing the bad guy. You had Will Ferrell playing that inmate, the creepy, uh, what was his name, Dave or Big Bob or something like that, the dragon guy, <laughs> uh, which, hilarious movie. But these were all uh, major studio releases in a PG-13 format. They all kind of stuck to this uh, formula, if you will, of using these guys and letting them do their own thing. Then 40-Year-Old Virgin comes along. You get this, it's similar, and it's, it's got crude, like, frat boy humor, uh, but it's also got uh, a lot of improv. Like, it, you, this is a staple throughout Judd Apatow uh, movies. Like, just improv everywhere. You know, look at, even before this, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, you know, these are all just heavy improv movies. Just keep the cameras rolling, let the actors do their thing, make jokes. Uh, but now he's working with great improvisers, great actors in general, uh, great writers. Steve Carell co-wrote this movie. And we haven't, I, I have barely even touched upon uh, Steve Carell and the impact that it had on his career. He obviously became a leading man after this. Uh, the Office had been on season for an... Uh, it had been on the air for a season uh, before 40-Year-Old Virgin. Then it comes out. He becomes this A-lister. And then all of a sudden, it's all eyes on this one show. And you can kind of see uh, Michael Scott, the character, change a little bit more. And they kind of bring in some elements of this 40-Year-Old Virgin unaware of how silly he really is um, <laughs> kind of humor. And it's all hilarious. It's all... But this, this movie came out at the perfect time uh, for something like this because, that, like I said, that frat pack genre, it had it was starting to not wear, necessarily wear thin, but people were just clamoring for something more. After 40-Year-Old Virgin comes out, you start seeing more studios uh, investing more in 
uh, these kind of mainstream R-rated comedies. You had Wedding Crashers, you had Semi-Pro, you had Tropic Thunder, The Hangover, which I don't have the number in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure it went on and became the highest grossing R-rated movie besides like The Passion of the Christ of all time. So you, once you see the studios uh, beca- begin to put more money into these R-rated projects, obviously everyone wants to start getting on this bandwagon. So you saw more and more uh, adult-based comedies uh, starting to uh, pop up and succeed, and some failed. Uh, obviously, that's going to happen um, in the movie business. Judd Apatow's no, you know, he's not innocent to that either. I think uh, Trainwreck. This is forty. I haven't loved them. Um, they're <laughs> so one of the things about Judd Apatow and like the movies he directs, he has this whole premise about like, oh, it's funny because it's true, and like, yeah, it's that can be funny because it's true, but it's just kind of it, like, yeah, we like it's like we get it. Four uh, year old virgin falls victim to this uh, as well as the movie goes on. It's just long. Like these are long like deep movies at points and you know not saying like okay like my i want my comedy to be 90 minutes of goofy stuff with goofy characters and blah 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 and just no like i'm not saying that at all but like judd apatow like look at some of his movies funny people's like two and a half hours it's almost two full complete movies the way that they shot it at points it's depressing this is 40 a very depressing movie i'm not even i'm 27 i'm 13 years away from <laughs> feeling exactly how depressing uh, that movie should actually be. And the first time I saw it, I like I was sad afterwards. But yeah, so obviously this is a landmark movie uh, in American uh, cinematic history, and I love what it did for the next five years or so. And th- so much other stuff was happening at the same time, you know, uh, premium cable starting to take off more. You saw a lot of shows on HBO starting to uh, kind of take off. Eastbound and Down comes to mind. Um, you know, you saw a lot of these A-list actors flocking to television, and sent, you know they had that big run, and everyone did well. And all the actors have since kind of veered off and done their own things. Very few of the people in this movie are pretty much strictly comedians at this point. Like Seth Rogen is probably the he's a top three name in comedy right now, at least in movies. But he's always a willing partner. You see him pop up in TV. You see him pop up in these viral things. And he's like, he's always a willing participant. He just wants to make stuff with his friends. And that's cool. And that's awesome. But, you know, Steve Carell is pretty much a dramatic actor at this point. Um, ever since he, uh, he left the office, you know, he did Foxcatcher. He did uh, The Big Short. The Way, Way Back comes to mind of him being completely not funny. Um, actually kind of a dick <laughs> in that movie. Very, very much going against... Uh, typecast uh jason siegel he's in uh that new show on amc uh dispatches from elsewhere which is i believe it's more of a sci-fi show paul rudd had he's i forget the name of the show i'm being if i'm being honest with you, but it's on netflix and it's not that funny either it's also kind of deep uh james franco we all know we've talked about him before Catherine keener was already kind of a dramatic actress but she's not she's never really been like a big mainstream name she's two-time academy award nominee uh, and you see her popping up on all these indies and stuff. Even Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill, uh, you know, he's popping up in dramas now. And he lost all that weight, and he was skinny Jonah Hill, and it was weird, and now he's fat again, and I love it. But, uh, but yeah, everyone's kind of going, like, kind of getting away from this little clique, which is fine. They had their... I- I'd rather see it end too soon than 
go on too long and watch it suck. Uh, I, leave them wanting more, as they say. And I'm cl- I'm kind of glad that uh, this crew did that. Even Judd Apatow has kind of moved on to a different different cast. He used a lot of stand-up comedians. Uh, I know he's he did that movie with Amy Schumer. He's got a movie coming out with Pete Davidson. And uh, if you just look at his cast, it's loaded up with uh, just a lot of people who normally aren't on his shortlist. Before we get into the did you knows, just want to reiterate. I love this movie. I remember the first time I saw it, I was 13 or 14 years old. Uh, we watched it in my buddy's basement, and I think we, we got a, I think we had a VHS copy of it, <laughs> and his mom didn't know we had it, and his mom like came downstairs during uh, that scene where Elizabeth Banks is masturbating in the shower, <laughs> and... We have, I've never seen someone move faster from the couch to pausing a television than when we heard that door open up uh, to the basement and we, were, <laughs> we didn't get caught. We were, we were golden. Uh, no, one ever, no one ever knew the difference. So a little funny story about this movie for me, but I do love it. Uh, it always, it's always going to mean a lot to me, uh, mostly just because of everything that happened after it. And uh, give it a rewatch. It's still funny. Uh, it, it's, it is a little too long, I'll admit. Okay, so it's time for the Did You Knows. Uh, Every episode, we go on the movie's IMDb page, scroll down to the bottom, uh, and go through some of the Did You Know facts, and I give my takes on some of the facts that I found particularly interesting. Uh, The first one here. uh, The scene where Andy has his chest hair removed uh, required five cameras set up for the shot. Steve Carell's chest hair was actually ripped out in the scene. Carell had told director Judd Apatow just before shooting the scene, it has to be real, it won't be as funny if it's mocked up or if it's a special effect. You have to see that this is really happening. The scene had to be done in one shot. It is impossible not to laugh at the scene. It's probably the most infamous scene in the movie. So if you if someone tells you to think of 40-year-old virgin real quick, you're probably thinking of Steve Carell getting his chest waxed and yelling, nah, Kelly Clarkson. It, it's impossible not to laugh. And the best part about this is that it, it's not so much uh, Steve Carell and... You know, his reactions, it's the reactions of his friends. (laughs) Uh, You know, watching Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen trying not to crack up during all of this. And it's cringy and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's the best scene in the movie. It's the most famous scene in the movie. And it absolutely deserves all the credit it gets because it's just that fucking good. All right, the second uh, fun fact here. Uh, I alluded to Fat Jonah Hill earlier, so this one kind of relates to him. Uh, Jonah Hill got heat stroke filming the dance number during the credits. So I read, so, okay. So I, the way I do my notes for the show, I kind of watch the movie and take notes and I go through the, did you notes as I'm watching the movies, uh, sometimes. And I saw this one before I got to the credit scenes. And I was like, what the fuck does Jonah Hill even do in the scenes? Why would this warrant him getting a heat stroke? And he's basically sitting there wearing some kind of like a blanket, uh, <laughs> uh, during the scene. And he's just dancing, you know, he's just two-stepping. He's just going side to side. Nothing really special. And got heat stroke out of it. So, quick fun fact about Fat Jonah Hill. This was actually his third credit and second feature. Uh, and it was kind of his breakout role, so to speak. He's in I Heart Huckabees uh, with David O. Russell. He did an episode of NYPD Blue. Uh, but this was kind of the episode that really... This was the role for him that made everything happen uh, in his career. You know, he does this movie. He gets brought back for Knocked Up. And on the set of Knocked Up, he does his audition for Superbad. He gets into Superbad, which, as we all know, goes off and becomes this huge hit. It's a top five comedy of all time to me. And then he just pops up and stuff. 
he, he pop, he's a staple of the Judd Apatow era. Uh, you know, he's in Walk Hard. He's in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's in Funny People. He's in more or less all of these movies. Get into the Greek. He's one of the leading guys. He, he became, a, you know, this big comedy sensation. And he was doing stuff in the Judd Apatow family. And he stepped outside it as well. I think of movies like Cyrus. I think of uh, Moneyball. He was able to succeed in that. Uh, he's actually pretty funny in that. The 21 Jump Street franchise. Uh, he even showed up in Django Unchained. Like, so 40-Year-Old Virgin was John, Fat Jonah Hill's breakout role, and we all miss Fat Jonah Hill. Uh, all right, the third and final uh, did you know here, Catherine Keener, Jonah Hill, and Steve Carell uh, were all later Oscar-nominated for their performances in three films directed by Bennett Miller, which was Catherine Keener and Capote, uh, Moneyball for Jonah Hill, and Steve Carell was nominated for Fo- uh, Foxcatcher. Uh, three amazing movies, um, three great performances, three great actors. It is cool to see these people go from comedy and they go off and have successful uh, dramatic careers as well. thought that was a cool fact. Uh, Bennett Miller, a uh, great director. He's a guy who needs to make more movies, plain and simple. Uh, you know, that's really all he's made. <laughs> uh, Capote, Moneyball, and Foxcatcher. It's a great filmography, but I just wish there was more of it. Final segment, uh, we rate the movies on a scale of one to five hazmats. Um, you know, just a fun thing we're doing during quarantine here. Uh, so I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it four, four out of five hazmats. Uh, th- that's more so what it did rather than the movie itself. I, like I said, I thought this movie was hysterical when it came out. Uh, I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies. And after rewatching it, it's still funny. I still laughed. Definitely way too long. Uh, but it, it, it's just one of those movies where it's like every scene you're just watching oh, there's that guy, and there's this guy, and she went off and did that, and he goes off to do this. And, you know, the, st- the cast is stacked. Could be a little shorter, uh, but it, that again, that rating is more for what it did for comedy rather than uh, the movie itself. So four out of five hazmats for the 40-year-old virgin. All right, uh, that's all we got. Uh, next episode's going to be super exciting. Uh, we have our first guest uh, we're going to be talking about 8 Mile, which uh, was one of the most rewatchable movies of all time. Again, hope everyone is doing all right during quarantine. Uh, please stay inside, wash your hands, social distancing, the works. Be a hero, stay inside, watch a movie. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>